0: We do welcome each one in our Savior's name tonight, and we trust the Lord would meet with us as we gather together. We welcome those watching online, and we trust that you'll experience the same, the blessing of the Lord as we gather together. We're going to commence our worship of the Lord by turning to the words of the hymn 357, uh, 357, All That Thrills My Soul Is Jesus. Who can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence all divine, true and tender, pure and precious, oh, how blessed to call him mine. 357, our numbers are uh, down this evening, and so let us sing our best, and uh, don't rely on the person beside you to help with the singing, you help too, and uh, we'll work together and praise the Lord and sing uh, concerning the greatness of his gospel And so 357, let us stand and let us sing, please. in the word of god to ephesians chapter 1 the epistle of paul the apostle to the ephesians and chapter 1 reading together the first 7 verses ephesians chapter 1 and commencing to read at verse 1 the word of god says paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as he hath chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestinated predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Amen. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word tonight, the reading that brings us uh, to the gospel, to the heart of the gospel, uh, the Lord uh, choosing us from before the foundation of the world and having redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Let us unite together in prayer, and let us seek the Lord this evening. Our eternal God and our Father in heaven, we give thee thanks tonight that we can enter in to thy presence as thy people. We rejoice, O God, that we can come before thee, and we can meet with thee, and we can sing thy praises. We rejoice that thou art here with us in the midst of We rejoice, O God, we can lift our voices to thee, praising thee for thy so great salvation. And as we consider this morning, we rejoice that we are here because of Christ. We are here because Christ died for us. We are here because we, by thy grace, believed upon thee. And our Father, we thank thee that there is a gospel for us to consider A gospel for us to learn from. A gospel for us to believe. And we thank thee tonight there is a gospel for us to preach. We thank thee for the great saving message uh, that we have. We do not meet here in vain, uh, but we meet here to consider the uh, glories of thy truth and the glory of thy so great salvation. And Father, we realize tonight it is a message uh, that our world needs to hear a message that must be sounded forth, a message that must be preached. And we pray, O God, that we as a congregation here would be zealous when it comes to the preaching of the gospel of Christ. That we would not be ashamed of this gospel. We would not hide this gospel away, but we would fulfill the duty that we have Uh, seen in the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And Father, we pray for our area. and We pray for our town. And uh, we pray, Father, uh, for uh, this greater Vancouver area. So many souls. Uh, so many uh, of those who believe not in the God of Scripture. Uh, but in the gods of their own imaginations. And Father, we pray tonight that thou would move in this place and to the glory of thy name save precious souls we pray revive thy work revive this land we pray and glorify thy name we do remember father our congregations even across canada and into the united states There in mexico and jamaica the dominican republic liberia the czech republic we do remember our sister denomination in nepal the United Kingdom. Remember, Father, the uh, works uh, there in Australia also, and how thou hast assisted congregations for us all across the globe. And we rejoice uh, in brothers and sisters and servants of thine who are faithful to the truth of God. Bless them. Bless them uh, tonight. Bless them uh, as the word of God has been preached or is being preached. And Father, may Thy word not return unto thee void, but may it accomplish thy purpose. We do thank thee for the meeting in the car home earlier today. We thank thee for the gospel. We thank thee for the gospel hymns. We thank thee for, again, a great number of those residents who have come in to hear thy word. And we pray that thou would bless this ministry, bless them, bless that car home, we pray. And we thank thee that they've opened their doors uh, to the preaching of the Word of God, uh, to uh, services where Christ is set forth. And we pray uh, that thou would continue to bless these opportunities in the gospel. Father, we do remember uh, the redo ministry as well, and that work as thy truth is preached. Bless it, uh, do it good, we ask of thee, meet every need. We do remember our brother, the Reverend Gallagher. Bless him as he undertakes in this work, in this ministry. And may he know help from thee as these programs are prepared. And may it be done to the glory of thy name and to the extension of thy kingdom. Father, enable us to be witnesses for thee. Enable us to be personal witnesses for the Savior, lifting up his name and testifying to those outside of Christ that there is a Savior, there is a Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem sinful men. Father, draw near to us this evening, bless thy word to our hearts, and meet our needs, and glorify thy name. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Going to turn again in our hymnals, to hymn 387. 387, there will never be a sweeter story, a story of the Savior's love divine, love that brought him from the realms of glory just to save a sinful soul like mine. 387, we'll stand again as we praise the name of the Lord. may be seated. We're going to turn in the Word of God tonight to John's Gospel, Chapter 3. The Gospel of John, Chapter 3. And we'll commence our reading at verse (coughs)
1: 1.
0: And the Word of God says here the inspired Word of God recorded here for us, an account between Nicodemus and the Lord Jesus Christ, as we have considered on past occasions. And there we read that there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, We know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born off the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? And verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness." And this is the condemnation. The light, that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil heedeth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. For he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Amen, and may the Lord bless the reading of his word, ending there, verse 21, and trusting the Lord will bless it for his name's sake. Amen. Amen. Can we extend a word of welcome to each one tonight? And uh, we do welcome our brother who is visiting with us. It's good to see him in this evening again. And we trust uh, that we'll all be blessed as we gather around the word of God. We welcome those watching online as well and trust the Lord's blessing would be with you also Uh, we had a good meeting at the Kerr home this afternoon a good number of the residents out and uh, many from our own congregation here as well and uh, we do thank those who came and supported uh, that gospel ministry and we thank you especially for your help and your support in that regard do you remember the various announcements for uh, this incoming week Uh, We have tomorrow evening a meeting of the session and the board. I think we're meeting at 6 p.m. I will need to uh, just confirm that with the brethren. Uh, But do uh, remember that. And then on Wednesday, uh, we have our uh, prayer meeting and Bible study in the prayer room downstairs. It's on Zoom as well, so if you need the Zoom link, Uh, You don't normally get it. It goes out around 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Uh, Do let me know, and I can forward that uh, to you. Next Lord's Day, the services are at the usual times, 9.30, the Sunday school for children and adults, uh, 10.30, morning worship, uh, 5.30, our prayer meeting, and 6 p.m., our evening service. So do remember those meetings, and in the Lord's will, do pray for them and plan uh, to attend. The current magazine, the magazine of our denomination, is available and it's on the tables on the way out. Do remember also uh, that uh, our denomination, the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, has commenced a new Facebook page and a new Instagram page. And uh, the details for that are in the bulletin. Uh, The new Instagram page is at the Free Presbyterian. I don't use Instagram very often. And so hopefully that means something to those who may use Instagram, uh, typing that in and finding uh, the denominations page. And also uh, for uh, the Facebook page, we put a QR code in there. And so if you scan that with your phone camera, it'll take you directly uh, to the Facebook page for our denomination and should hopefully help in finding that and if you notice as well in the bulletin uh, we have our own facebook page and we put a code in uh, for that as well so if you take a photograph it should come up our page and you can like it you can follow it you can share uh, various posts with your friends and family on facebook by social media Uh, so do uh, remember uh, those, the Trinitarian Bible Society, have their annual general meeting on Friday, the first of December, at seven thirty p.m. at the Reformed Congregation of North America in Chilliwack. And uh, the speaker is the outgoing secretary of TBS Canada. And so do you remember that meeting. TBS do a good work. They uh, give out and publish the authorized version of the Scriptures, uh, not only in English. That's the version they use in English, but a sound. uh, translations in other languages based on the same text that the authorized version is based on. And so uh, their work uh, reaches many countries in Europe and Africa and Asia, and uh, great work is done for the Lord. So do uh, remember that meeting, to remember uh, their work. I think there's some of their magazines on the table as well, and so that will inform you more of their work. Uh, These are all the announcements and subject to the will of God. And so we will turn in our hymnals To the hymn 244. God loved the world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall. Salvation, full at highest cost, he offers free to all. 244 will remain seated while their tithes for the Lord's work are received, please.
1: Our Father in heaven, we thank you for these tithes and offerings. We pray, Lord, that it will be used wisely for the work here and other various needs of the church and ministries of the church. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. We pray for the preaching of your word, that it will reach hearts as well, our hearts here and the hearts of the people who are listening online. Bless each one of us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We'll stand and we'll sing verse 3 and verse 5, just two verses, 3 and 5, standing to sing, please. seated. I'd like to thank Gene for playing again tonight and it's good uh, to have uh, his help and uh, we trust the Lord's blessing upon him for uh, his service for the Savior and helping us out uh, tonight. We're going to turn in the Word of God again to John's Gospel chapter 3. John's Gospel, chapter 3, and I want to draw your attention to the verse 16. John's Gospel, chapter 3, and the verse 16. It's good to have our Bibles open. It's good to read this text, though I think if we closed our Bibles, uh, you would know what text I'm talking about, and many, if not all, would be able to quote this text uh, because it is well known and it is familiar. Uh, But uh, we believe it's good to have our Bibles open and to see the verses that we turn to, uh, verses that we read. And here we have this familiar text, John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen, and may the Lord bless the reading of his word tonight. Let us unite together in prayer, and let us seek the Lord. Our eternal God and Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy truth. and We thank thee for this text that reminds us of the glorious gospel of our Savior, a gospel that seeds, a gospel that delivers, a gospel that is a real gospel, and a gospel that has come from thee out of thy love and out of thy grace. And, Father, tonight as we consider some of the great aspects of this glorious gospel, we pray that thou would teach us, teach us as thy people to understand more of the gospel of Christ, to understand the great truths that we have here. Father, we pray for those outside of Christ uh, that Thou would drive home these truths to the hearts, that they would understand why this text is so important and so vital in Thy Word. Father, bless us. Help us to understand Thy truth, to have Thy truth applied to our hearts by Thy Spirit and glorify Thy name. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. This evening we come to one of the most famous and familiar verses in all of Scripture. A text that is often used to present the gospel or the good news of salvation to sinners. It is a text that many preachers have preached on, a text that many new preachers have preached on, the very first time I preached, many, many years ago, and I'm not talking five or ten years, I'm talking 23 years, uh, when I preached at a care home many years ago. And it was this text that I took, my very first sermon, and I took a familiar text A text that, well, if I failed to fully preach that text and to expound that text and to explain that text, well, it's a simple text that, uh, by God's grace, can explain itself uh, despite my failing attempts. It is a great text, a text that often we use when we speak to individuals. And as we evangelize on a personal level, that text comes to us and we use it to present the gospel of Christ. It is a verse that Morton Lloyd-Jones said is packed with fundamental and vital Christian doctrine. A text that Luther referred to as the gospel in miniature that has been called the gospel in a nutshell. Summarized, summarized for us. For God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We need to remember the context of this particular verse. We find that Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, had wrong notions about the Messiah. He came to Jesus by night, and the Savior impressed upon him the importance of understanding the new birth. Not a physical new birth, but a spiritual new birth. Of coming and trusting in him, of receiving that new life and that regeneration by the Spirit of God. And here the Savior continues to explain how that is possible. How we can receive that new life. How the sinner can come and partake of that new life that is offered to them in the gospel. And it is all because of Christ. And in this verse we see as well it is all because of God and God's love and the gospel of Christ is a God-centered gospel it exists because of God it exists because God so loved the world it exists because of the grace and the mercy of God towards those who were dead in their trespasses and in their sins and this verse is a continuation of what we have before. The word for is used. For God so loved the world. And that continues the same way, verse 14. And as Moses, the Savior, is continuing the thought here, uh, though there is uh, a new paragraph, as we see the markings in the Scripture. Uh, but we see these words connecting the thoughts together. This is not a new thought entirely. This is something that is building upon the old thought, that is coming based upon it as its foundation and explaining more of the truth of God. And so verse 14, we see Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness and the same must happen to Christ, that whosoever believeth in him, who looks to him in faith, like those who looked at the brazen serpent should not perish but have eternal life. Moving on to the next thought that is building upon that. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so there is a building of thoughts here, and the Savior is drawing our attention to this great and marvelous, wonderful summary of the gospel of Christ. Samuel Davies, the American preacher, prefaced his remarks on this text by saying, I always enjoy reading Samuel Davies. I only have one copy of his works and have tried over the years to get more. I've never seen them anywhere. I saw one copy of volume one and I bought it and hoping at some stage to get more, but never did. But his works are blessed works. He was a great preacher. And he prefaced his remarks on this text by saying... I have been thinking in what way my life, redeemed from the grave, may be of most service to my dear people. Talking to his congregation, talking to the saints of God that comprise those who came to hear him preach. How marvelous that is, or how touching that is. He was thinking, how can he, in his life, a sinner saved by grace, How can he be of most service to his people? And he went on to say about preaching salvation. That's the greatest use. Preaching the gospel. And his text, he said, John 3 verse 16, furnishes him with the proper materials for that purpose. Everything he needs to present that gospel that he wants to bring to his dear people, it's here. Dear congregation tonight, Everything we need to understand about the gospel. That great summary of the gospel is here in this text. And whether you're unsaved tonight, whether you are in your sins tonight, whether you're old or young and need Christ, this text has everything that you need to consider to point you to the Lamb of God who can save you. If you're a believer tonight and desirous to serve the Lord and understand His gospel and witness for Him. This text contains what you need to understand more of the gospel and to understand how to present the gospel and preach, as it were, the gospel of Christ to others. And we see here then this text that is surrounded in the love of God if you look at sermon outlines on John 3:16 I didn't for this sermon but I've looked for them in the past uh, many years ago and considered uh, what other men had said you'll see that many of those outlines are about love many of the comments that commentators make and preachers make it's about love and that is true because this is a verse about love it brings home to our hearts the love of God For this world, the love of God for his people in sending Christ to be their Savior. For God so loved the world. If God did not love the world, if God did not love and show mercy and grace as a result of that love, where would we be? If we took a black pen and we looked at this verse and we said, Well, God is not love. God is not gracious, God is not merciful, and we removed, for God so loved the world, will we not have to keep going and remove the entire verse and therefore remove the entire gospel? Because the gospel is built upon the love and mercy and grace of God towards sinners. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve God's mercy. But yet out of love he sent his Son into the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Dear believer, rejoice in the love of God. Rejoice in his mercy and his grace. Because as we consider this morning regarding Christ, we're here because of Christ. We could add to that this evening. We're here because of the love and mercy and grace of God. Let us not forget that. Let us show love and mercy and grace in our lives. Let us show love and mercy and grace to those who are dead in their sins, as God showed to us. And so we see in this passage then, our subject for this evening, the greatness of God's love, the greatness of God's love. Perhaps we could go on and change that title to the great greatness of God's love or the infinite greatness of God's love, whatever way you want to take it, The greatness of God's love is a bit of an understatement. It should be greater. It should be expressed greater because of how great and infinite it actually is. But the greatness of God's love, and we see a number of things here that remind us of the greatness of this love. He loved a perishing world. He loved a perishing world. And this thought emphasizes to us the love of God for the world. This world was not a world filled with good individuals. It was not a world that loved God. It was not a world that worshipped God. It was not a world that sought to serve God in every way that God has directed us to serve Him. This world is a world that, as we see here, was perishing, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, And so the default position is we do not believe in Christ, therefore we are perishing. We are born in sin, therefore we are perishing. This world defies God and stands against God, therefore this world is perishing. We can think of a newborn baby coming into the world, looking around, crying, whatever the baby would do, taking its first breaths outside of the womb and seeing the world around, never really going to remember those moments. And there's new life. God has given new life. God has kept that life safe and there has been a birth of new life. But immediately there is perishing and that baby will grow But that baby will age and one day go to the grave. Spiritually speaking, that baby is perishing. Oh, young and cute, but perishing. Why? Because we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And this text tonight implies to us that we are all part of a perishing world. Lest we believe in Christ, we will perish. Lest this world turns from its sin and looks to Christ, it will perish because of its sin. And we see that sin. And we see that God has given this world over to sin. If you turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, the apostle makes great statements regarding the gospel of Christ. We mentioned last week, the just shall live by faith. The great truth Martin Luther clung to regarding the Reformation. Then Paul goes on, verse 18, to speak about the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. He then speaks of them not knowing God, professing themselves to be wise. Verse 22, they became fools and changed the glory of the Uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. We see the sin. Man seeking sin, man born in sin and desiring sin and living in sin and God giving him up and this world is perishing because of that sin. It is given over to sin that will one day be judged and that sin will be judged based on this. Have you trusted Christ? Have you believed upon the only begotten Son of God, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. doesn't matter that you're in church. doesn't matter that your parents brought you to church. It doesn't matter that you've come to church your entire life or who you are. What matters is this. Do you believe? Do you believe? I was born into a Christian home. I was a free Presbyterian before I even knew what a free Presbyterian was because I went to the free Presbyterian church from a few days old, didn't attend any other church in my life, just the free Presbyterian church of Ulster, and then moving over here, born into a Christian home, into a pastor's home, went to church most Lord's days, the longest I was away from church was during COVID, constantly attending and preaching. And leading services and pastoring. All of those things, helping individuals, praying with individuals, advising individuals and counseling them and seeing uh, individuals profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that doesn't get anyone to heaven. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believing in Christ, Whether it's a heritage, whether it's the attending church, whether it's putting on a front, a godly front, or pretending to be a Christian or acting like a Christian. There are many who have pretended to be of Christ and pretended to serve Christ, but yet they've walked away from the faith because they never had faith. They never had faith. And if there is not a belief in him, you will perish because that is the default position of this world. We are born in sin and God loved a perishing world. We see the wonder of that. How could a holy God love sinners like us? How could a holy God have mercy and grace toward us? If someone committed a great and heinous crime against you, how could you show them love? How could you show them love? We've committed crimes against God. We've rejected Him and rebelled against Him, but He showed love. Saul of Tarsus, we've mentioned before, we've mentioned earlier, he was saved on the road to Damascus, persecuted the church of Christ, would come in here and arrest us all and take us away and persecute us because we trust in Christ and we worship Christ. But yet he was saved and delivered because he believed on him. Oh, the wonder of that, the marvel of that. And dear believer, never stop marveling at God's grace. Never stop thanking the Lord for his grace and his mercy and his love in saving you and redeeming you. God so loved the world. What a passion he had for us. What a love that he gave his only begotten son. When we think of Remembrance Day that is coming up, we think of many who gave their lives for freedom. Many who led down their lives. The scripture speaks about no greater love hath a man than this that he lay down his life for his friends. And we see that when we think of remembrance, those who lay down their lives for friends and family and the future of their nation. And we think of the Savior who laid down his life for those who were his enemies, but those who he would redeem to be his friends. God laid down the life of his Son for those who were his enemies. In regard to this great love, it was the Puritan theologian John Owen who said, now this love we say to be that greater than which there is none. In other words, there's no greater love than God's love. What a great love he had. He loved a perishing world. He loved a perishing world. Oh, tonight, if you're outside of Christ, think upon that. God loved a world that hated him. God loved a world that was perishing because of sin. God sent his only begotten son to be your savior, to be the savior of those who were perishing. Oh, that you would turn and look to him and believe this text. Believe in him, and then you will not perish. Oh, dear believer, when we think that he loved the perishing world. What are our thoughts about the perishing world? Isn't it great that those who blaspheme the name of God and those who push their sinful and wicked agendas will perish in hell forever? Do we rejoice in that? Many will, many will, but do we love that perishing world? Do we desire those who are perishing to see Christ and to know Christ and to believe in Christ There's a great motive here for our evangelism. Personal evangelism. The preaching of the gospel in and through the church of Christ. Reaching out to the world because God's love is so great. He loved a perishing world. Let us never forget that we were dead in our sins, yet God loved us who were perishing. And let us also love by God's grace a perishing world. And to have time to pray for them and have time to witness for them and seek God's help and opportunities to reach out into this perishing world for the gospel. Secondly here, I want you to see that he loved by sacrificing his only son. He loved by sacrificing his only son. Notice what it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. God gave something. His love led to an action. We've said that this morning, I believe. we said that before. Love leads to action. Love leads to action. If we love someone, we'll do things for them. And we should be doing those things out of love. And God here loved us and he did something. And he did something that is a great picture of this love. He sent his only Son, his only begotten Son into the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he sent his only begotten Son into this world to die, to perish. He rose again but to die and to endure suffering and to endure pain and to lay down his life as a sacrifice. He loved us by sending his son into this world that he would be sacrificed. Matthew Henry said that Christ came into the world with salvation in his eye, with salvation in his hand. Therefore the aforementioned offer of life and salvation is sincere and shall be made good to all that by faith accept it. Christ came into the world given by God That we would believe upon him and have everlasting life. That was the purpose of his coming. The purpose of his coming. Oh, how many today, even in the time of Christ when he lived, thought that he came as a political king, came to save them from the Romans, came to set up a new kingdom, came to emancipate Israel from the Roman Empire. But Christ's purpose was much greater to redeem his people from their sins. That was the purpose. That's that thread running through the Old Testament Scriptures. Christ came to redeem and Christ came to save. There's an old Puritan who challenges us by saying, Doth your love toward God hold the same course that his love doth hold toward you? All that God hath done or will do for his own chosen is the product of electing love. Does all your obedience arise from love and does this love of yours grow out of his? Is his electing love the root of it all? What if our love to Christ, what if our love to God is his love to us? We love him because he first loved us. We read this morning. He loved us in sacrificing his only son. He loved us in giving his son for us as the only sacrifice, as the only mediator, laying down his life that we would be saved. Dear believer, what if your love toward God, is it the same love? Is it a sacrificial love? That because Christ redeemed you and Christ saved you and Christ lifted you out of the mire and placed you on the solid rock that you desire to sacrifice for him, To sacrifice the fleshly lusts. To sacrifice those sinful desires. To set them aside by the help of God. To live for Christ. To sacrifice your time. To sacrifice your energy for the cause of Christ. To sacrifice your comfort for the cause of Christ. To sacrifice time in coming and praying. And seeking God to save and move. Spending time in the worship of God. There are any people... And, well, the things of this world, the entertainments of this world are more more attractive to them than Christ. More attractive than the Savior. More attractive than the worship of God. What's more important to engage in competitive sport on a Sunday or to watch it, to support it, to be engaged in it than it is to meet with God. And how many put that first? How many put first other entertainment and other activities before the God of heaven? Yet the one who sacrificed his own son for them Yet Christ is not preeminent in their lives. And dear believer, because of this sacrificial love, we should value the sacrifice of Christ. We should value his salvation. We should value what he has accomplished for us. He should have the preeminence in our lives. He should be first. Oh, there's entertainment we want to do. There's a game that we want to watch but it clashes with the Sunday service. It clashes with the prayer meeting. What would come first? Well, we can download the sermon later. But you could actually be there and spending time with the people of God. What comes first? We think of this great sacrifice. What comes first for us? Are we willing to sacrifice for Christ, who sacrificed so much for us. and dear unsaved person tonight, what about this sacrifice, laying down His only Son God did to redeem sinners, that great price that was paid to redeem you and to redeem your soul. Oh, that you would turn to the Lord because of this great love that He has. And we see thirdly and finally then, he loved in giving sinners eternal life. He loved in giving sinners eternal life. And why is that? Because sinners don't deserve eternal life. They deserve eternal death. And they were facing eternal death. That is what perishing means. Dying and dying physically and dying spiritually and dying eternally. And those who believe upon him, those who are saved, Those who look to the Savior. And Christ is saying, Nicodemus, you're to look to me. You're to believe upon the Son of God. And if you do so, you will not perish. You will have eternal life. Coming back to the brazen serpent in the wilderness. If they looked upon that serpent, they would live. And they're to look on Christ. Not a mere glance, but a look of belief a look of faith, a look of repentance. It's a complete salvation, and we see that here, everlasting life, eternal life, not eternal death, everlasting life, the opposite to what we deserve as sinners. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And the gospel tonight is offering you everlasting life. The gospel tonight is setting before you the forgiveness of sins, and because of that, life everlasting. The greatest news this world could give you, the greatest news that you can find in society, the greatest news you could find throughout history is this that those who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Or will you believe that this evening? It's a life eternal. It's a spiritual life. It's a blessed life. It's a life of peace and joy and satisfaction. It's a life of certainty. A life of certainty. Oh, there is uncertainty about the grave and uncertainty about death, but Christ makes that certain. You can know you're the end of your soul. You can know that you have life everlasting. The promise is here, those who believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The Savior himself said, this is life eternal, that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And throughout Christ's ministry, and even here, verse 15 and verse 16, and uh, We have this eternal, everlasting life offered in the gospel. Do you desire that tonight? In history, men went around the world trying to find the fountain of youth. The fountain of youth. If you look at some individuals, perhaps you might think they found the fountain of youth. Maybe in their 50s or 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and they look well for that age. But the fountain of youth, that many sought to find, that mythic, fabled fountain, does not exist. But men have tried and desired why everlasting life, no death, living forever, being young. The fountain of youth, or the fountain of life, exists. It's found in Christ. Fountain. That heals us from that disease that will spiritually and eternally destroy us, and Christ offers to us that everlasting life in the gospel. But have everlasting life, dear sinner, tonight. Will you turn from your sin and accept Christ? Have that life, have that peace, that joy that it brings. Will that you would turn and believe and believe the message? of God's love, that great love. Dear believer, tonight as we close, everlasting life through Christ is what this perishing world needs. Does that motivate us to witness? Maybe tomorrow you've an opportunity to witness. Something will come up in conversation. Friend or family member or colleague will mention something and maybe in times gone by you've ignored What could be that springboard to talk about Christ and spiritual things? But it comes before you again. Think on what we're saying tonight. There's a perishing world. There's a sacrifice of Christ. There's eternal life. And you have that message. And You have that gospel. Will you share it? Will you spread it? Will you tell the lost that there is a great God who loved this world and gave a son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Seek the Lord for opportunities this week to speak for him and to say a word in season. I remember one night going to work in the supermarket. I worked night shift. I couldn't do it now. Working from about 11 at night to 8 in the morning, going home and sleeping for a few hours and doing bits and pieces and then sleeping for another few hours and doing it all over again. But one night I was working, I kept walking past the reduced section with the out of date food, and my father was there. Then I realized he was still there, and he was there for about an hour talking. And he was there looking at the reduced section, looking for free food, I don't know. And this couple walked by and they looked there too and this man took something out of his pocket and he tried to slip it into my father's hand. And he took one look at it, realized what it was, it was a tract from the Jehovah's Witnesses, and well, that sparked a long conversation, a long conversation. I think they almost had to be put out of the store because it was closing. But we find many, we find many who have their own faith that is not of Christ, faith that we consider to be a cult and a false faith filled with false doctrine and they desired to spread that. We have the truth. Where's our desire? Maybe we shouldn't walk to people and try and slip something in their hand. There's ways and means of doing that. But the point is, where is the desire that we have to spread this great message? The gospel in a nutshell, the gospel in miniature, the gospel summarized. Do we have a desire to spread it? I maybe said before same supermarket. I was working one time. I helped this lady buy her shopping. I put the money in the checkout. I closed it all up. I turned around to the next customer. She left a little card. It said thank you. Flipped it over knowing well what it was the other side. It was a gospel tract. Simply explaining the gospel. She never told me she was a Christian. She never told me, you know, you're a sinner. You're going to hell. You need to be saved. She said nothing. She simply put that down, appreciating help and... The gospel was the other side. Now I was saved at that time. But something very simple she did. There's simple things we can do. Simple things we can do. We can work diligently. We can talk well and have good conversation. Not use the language of the world. We can testify of Christ by being different in that way. We can testify of Christ by simply sharing in different ways his gospel. If we feel we can't talk to people, seek the Lord for help to do so, but we can share the gospel without talking. How simple it can be sometimes, and God can bless that. But let us think of this text and may it encourage us to go out into the world with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless his word tonight for his name's sake. Let us pray. Our eternal God and our Father in heaven, we thank thee tonight for thy truth and the great blessing that it is. We thank thee for this text that very clearly reminds us of the great blessing of the gospel and the love of our God. How great and how deep that love is. And Father, tonight we pray that thou would encourage us to live for this truth, to spread this truth, to Glorify thee in seeking to win others. And if there be those outside of Christ, Lord, speak to them. Speak to their hearts. And may they come and place their faith and trust in the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. Father, we beseech thee that thou would bless us now. Thou would go before us, take us to our homes in safety. May the love of God, our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of God, the Holy Spirit, be with us all. Amen.